TFA fam, week two is here. That means it's time to break out the week two rankings. We're going to kick things off at running back and go over our top 24. But let's dive into our top 12 running backs first. Our consensus RB ranks for week two are as follows. We have Christian McCaffrey at the top, followed by Saquon Barkley, Nick Chubb, Derek Henry at four. Never thought I'd see that from a TFA show. Bijan Robinson at five, Austin Eckler, Tony Pollard, Travis Etienne, Josh Jacobs, Kenneth Walker, Joe Mixon, and Ramondre Stevenson at the 12. Kev, why don't you dive into these RB rankings and tell us who you like and why. Yeah, let's start things off. We're going to talk about Bijan here. Uh, they, they get a matchup against the Green Bay Packers. Now, last week, Bijan played 65% of the snaps. He handled 38% of the rushing opportunities. But he, now I will mention, he only he held 0% of the carries inside the five. That was all Tyler Algier. But what things you love to see, it was 82% route participation and 35% target share in this offense last week. Now, it was a little frustrating because Tyler Algier still played 54% of the snaps. He handled 58% of the attempts and handled 100% of the carries inside the five. He also had a 19% target share. This is a very well could be a situation where both fantasy are viable on a weekly basis as much as the Falcons run the football and as much opportunity lies before them. I still think Bijan is fine. I know people are a little concerned with Tyler Algier, but he's going to continue to probably play 60, 65% of the snaps. Uh, we saw it in this week. I mean, he played 60% of the snaps to 40% uh, through the first three quarters, and then it completely flipped with Tyler Algier uh, in this, in that fourth quarter where he handled uh, much more of the opportunities. So I still think this is a really good matchup against Green Bay. Next up, let's move over to Derrick Henry, who you just talked about. Now, he handled 83% of the team rush attempts last week. However, he was out-snapped by Ty, Ty J Spears, 34-30, to 30, but out-touched him by 11. Uh, Henry did have over 100 total yards against a pretty good defense, but uh, this week they do get a really good matchup uh, against the Chargers. They were not great against the run last season. They had the second most rushing yards and the eighth most touchdowns in 2022, and they followed that up this week with the 11th most fantasy points. Now it is only one week, but uh, this team uh, really did struggle to stop the run, and I don't think much is going to change in that department this year. Next up, let's talk about Travis Etienne. They get Kansas City this week. 64% of the running back carries last week and a 15% target share in week one is a hell of a sign for future production. That was one thing that people were really concerned about was this target share that he was going to see in this offense. A lot of people thought it was going to be taking Bigsby, but I think that's kind of got put to rest, at least right now, because if the five targets we saw from him was really good. Uh, he looked way better than Tank Bigsby. Shocker, uh, Tank Bigsby was not efficient at all. Now, it was only week one, but it is still a very good sign for Travis Etienne. The Chiefs did struggle to stop the run last season, and that has carried over, allowing 116 total rushing yards and a score last week to the tandem of, of Jameer Gibbs and, and David Montgomery. So, uh, and I will mention that, that Chris Jones did uh, get his contract situation worked out, signed a one-year deal. He is expected to be back. Now, I don't know if he's going to play this week or not, uh, because you know he didn't really go through any of the offseason stuff with them, or it very likely could just be a situational type pass rusher situation here. But overall, I think Travis Etienne is in a really, really good spot this week and fire him up with confidence. Nick Chubb against Pittsburgh uh, this week. Now, he was fifth in rushing yards over expectation last week, and he received 22 opportunities compared to four to Jerome Ford through the first three quarters. 72% uh, of his touches came in the fourth quarter uh, was for Jerome Ford, uh, which was during garbage time. Chubb's 13.8% target share was only hit once last season, so that was a very positive sign for Nick Chubb. 
And But we do have some bad news. Jack Conklin tore his ACL and MCL and is out for the season. They have Dewan Jones will likely take over his spot. And he did do well in the preseason, allowing only three pressures during the, uh, the preseason, 148 snaps. Pittsburgh allowed 162 rushing yards and two touchdowns to the 49ers in week one, which was the eighth most fantasy points to running backs last week. And the Steelers allowed the eighth fewest fantasy points to running backs last season. So we'll see if this was just the 49ers just kicking the shit out of the uh, Steelers. Or will this be a little bit more of a trend moving forward for this Pittsburgh run defense? They also lost Cam Hayward on this defense. We'll see how long he's going to be out. So that could also you know, really open things up for somebody like Nick Chubb. But now let's move over to Aaron Jones. They get Atlanta this week. Now, there was some concern with this uh, this with the injury he left with, the hamstring injury. But he did speak after the game, said that, uh, he was absolutely fine, and that if the game wasn't out of hand, he would have returned. So that is a very positive note for Aaron Jones. And uh, head coach Matt LaFleur also kind of echoed the same sentiment. So they thought maybe it was just a cramp or something like that. So it doesn't seem like they're all that concerned with Aaron Jones. So it sounds like he should be good to go this week, which is why I think he's a lock for a top-10 running back. He had a 48% of the snaps last week, had 11 touches, 127 total yards, and two scores against the Bears. Last week, allowed the 12th most fantasy points, 4th most rushing yards, and allowed the 8th most rushing yards and 10th most fantasy points in 2020. So not much seems to have changed there. So I do think the Atlanta Falcons is a good matchup for Aaron Jones. And so I am firing up with absolute confidence and happy that he avoid any sort of serious injury there. Lastly, let's talk about Kenneth Walker. They do get Detroit this week. He handled 63% of the snaps last week, 12 carries, five targets compared to 24% of the snaps and only three touches for uh, Zach Charbonnet. So it is clear that Kenneth Walker, at least early on, is the lead back here, and we shouldn't have a whole lot to worry about. If he continues to see this type of usage, he could end up being a league winner due to how much he fell in fantasy drafts. The Lions did do a great job containing the Chiefs on the ground in week one uh, with their improved defense. However, the Chiefs aren't the best uh, litmus test when it comes to running backs because their defense often skews to a very pass-heavy. And so I think the key will be if they continue to see a strong target share will depend on how far he can go this year. Now, I will mention something we're going to have to monitor is the, the Seahawks' offensive tackles, both of them, left to injury last week. And so if that happens, uh, I may end up uh, lowering Kenneth Walker down a little bit because that is going to be a problem. And Aiden Hutchinson is going to have a field day on that defense. But if they can come back, I think Kenneth Walker is in a good spot against Detroit. Let's go ahead and go into our RB2 rankings for week two. We have David Montgomery at the top, followed by Najee Harris, Alexander Madison, Jameer Gibbs, James Cook, Aaron Jones, Damian Pierce, Isaiah Pacheco, Jamal Williams, Rashad White, Miles Sanders, and Javante Williams at 24. Kemp, RB2s, who do you like? First up, let's talk about Damian Pierce uh, here. I originally had him ranked personally as an RB1, but I moved him down. Uh, Pierce only played 47% of the snaps in week one. But he did lead the team in carries and routes run last week. Always going to be a terrible matchup against the Ravens. The Ravens do an excellent job containing the run. And it really felt like that the Texans were just like, nope, not doing it. We're not going to try to run the ball against you guys. They th they had C.J. Stroud drop back for 52 times. Like, that was not something I would have expected at all from a rookie quarterback to throw that much uh, as he yeah. did last week. But uh, but I do think uh, moving forward, I, I still think he's going to be the leader in opportunities snap and snaps moving forward. Mike Boone was second on the team, playing 31% of the snaps. Uh, not somebody that I'm really all that concerned with that's really going to eat into much of Damian Pierce's opportunity. And he is a better matchup on paper. The game script could be in their favor. And then he wasn't great against the run last season, allowed the ninth most fantasy points uh, this past weekend to the position. So I do think Damian Pierce is in a bounce back spot. I think game script could be much better in their favor. 
favor as well. And I don't know if they're going to be throwing the ball as much as they did last week because, man, 52 times. I, obviously, that's not going to continue. But even being a team that throws in the low 40s, I just can't see that on a week-to-week basis. So we'll see about that. Now, you mentioned Ramondre Stevenson. I have him as an RB2 this week. Game last week was absolutely brutal in, in terms of their, their backfield. Uh, like you mentioned, Ramondre still played the most snaps, routes, and carries, but he was out-targeted 7-6 to six to Zeke. Now, the, the reason I want to talk about this is Miami, uh, this is a good matchup. Miami was absolutely hammered by running backs in week one, allowing 208 rushing yards to Austin Eckler and Joshua Kelly. They allowed the, uh, the most fantasy points in week one and should allow Ramondre to bounce back this week. But uh, I do have him a little bit lower uh, as an RB2 just because uh, I, I just want to see him you know, be a little more productive. He wasn't all that efficient at all last week. And they're also, we'll have to see too about their offensive line. They missed both their starting uh, interior guards as well. So next up, let's talk about Jamal Williams uh, against Carolina. He handled 94% of the running back rush attempts, the second highest rate last week. However, the Titans were a stone-cold worst matchup. Uh, they were elite against the run last season. And nothing has changed in that department in 2023. Carolina has allowed the fifth most rushing yards uh, last week and the most touchdowns to running backs. So allowed the 15th most rushing yards and fantasy points to running backs last season. So I do think this is a good bounce back spot for Jamal Williams, who did absolutely nothing with the 18 carries that he saw last week. But I do think this is a, a better matchup for the Titans. You just know they are a team that you want to throw the ball against, avoid running against. So past him, I think we have some other guys that we can kind of look at that didn't play very well. Rashad White, this should be a much better matchup against Chicago, but uh, Rashad White was so bad last week. And it gets really an opportunity that should have been really good. Minnesota's defense isn't great, but 18 carries for less than 40 yards rushing. And this was always the concern with Rashad White. Rashad White was not good last year as a runner. He wasn't efficient at all. And that was kind of the, where the Sean Tucker stuff started popping up. And if he doesn't figure it out soon, we really could see Sean Tucker take this backfield over or or even a Keyshawn Vaughn because Rashad White has to play better than this. Uh, they were in that game. It's not a game that they were game scripted out or anything like that. But I do think I'm tentatively starting him against this Bears defense. And then uh, from there, I, I do think a couple other guys, Miles Sanders, this isn't a great matchup against the Saints, but it's all enough touches and involvement that I think that he can still be a and at least on a week-to-week basis, he's going to be an, at least an RB2 because of the opportunities that he's going to see. Uh, James Conner gets a good matchup against the Giants. He, he also carried, uh, handled most of the majority of the snaps here from this backfield as well. And, and so as long as he can stay healthy, I think you have to continue to rely on him as somebody that's going to see a lot of targets as well because they just don't have a whole lot of else to throw the ball to. You have a Joshua Dobbs out here manning quarterback position. He's going to be looking to dump the ball off. And then you have guys like uh, some of these other uh, guys that we're going to be talking about. You know, Gus Edwards, I think he's a, a decent start this week uh, against Cincinnati. Maybe like a flex option if you lost J.K. Dobbins and if you have him sitting on the bench. Uh, Cam Akers, I'm, I'm not doing it. Uh, I, I, you know, I'm sorry for all the people that bought into Cam Akers this year. We, we got hoodwinked. We got bamboozled again with how he finished Once last again. year. And then he comes out this week and just, just absolutely lays an egg. And now they get the 49ers. I'm not playing him at all against this defense. So I would completely avoid that. You have uh, this jet situation now with Dalvin Cook and Brees Hall. Now Brees Hall broke off an 83-yard run. Now they get the Dallas Cowboys, with likely without Aaron Rodgers, with Zach Wilson back there. And we just saw what the Dallas Cowboys did to the Giants. No shot I really want to play any of these running backs here. Now, the only saving grace could be the, uh, the amount of times that he could be dumping off to one of these running backs, which could actually make them, you know, at, at least a decent option in PPR formats. But uh, I just don't think it's going to be a great matchup here for them. And then Kyron Williams, maybe somebody you can look at playing as a flex option. Uh, but I do think Tyler Algier is also in play moving forward as a flex option. But this team is going to run the ball at such a high rate. I think you can, those are guys you can look at as possible flex options.
Yeah, the only thing, other things I want to uh, add in here is, one, if you're able to, I am 100% kicking the tires on Jameer Gibbs. Uh, you know, hopefully maybe some of your league mates who might not be be paying attention to the news. Dan Campbell came out afterward and said that was by design. They didn't give him that many touches. They kind of just wanted to get him adjusted. He will be more involved going forward. And if you watch that game, there was a day and night difference between David Montgomery, who we like. We, we are David Montgomery fans. Not trying to shit on the guy, but in terms of the explosiveness, the speed, the athleticism, it's not close between Gibbs and Montgomery. So if Gibbs is going to start to become more involved as the year goes on, I'm 100% kicking the tires to see if there's anyone who might be panicking after week one. And another little thing I just I just want to get off my chest, Kev. I saw a lot last week and fr- from big names in the, in the space saying like, hey, if you drafted Jamal Williams – and you're not starting him week one, why'd you even draft him? That is such bad advice. Like, it doesn't always carry over that we have, you know, defenses that are, you know, elite from one, you know, from one year to the next. But the Titans had a very, very, very good run defense last year. And it's not like you spent a fourth-round pick on Jamal Williams. There's a difference between the, the start your studs in week one and not getting cute versus a Jamal Williams who you took in, what, round seven, eight, nine, something like that. So you have to pay attention to the matchups. Those things do matter. And like you said with with Jamal, he got got a, a boatload, a bunch of touches, huge touch share, didn't do much with them. So, like, th- those kind of things, like, you know, the, the people who are all to say to always start your studs or you drafted them here, you got to start them. Don't listen to that. It's, it's That's bad advice. You should always be looking at the matchups within reason. You're not going to go out and start Keontae Ingram over, you know, Brees Hall because Keontae Ingram has a better matchup. That's not the case. But with Jamal Williams, that case last week, he didn't spend high capital on him. And I saw that from a bunch of different people. I just had to get it off my chest. I'm done. Uh, I, I completely agree on that. So with that being said, be sure to hit that like and subscribe button for future content. And we will see you on the next one.